I don't know that Roberto Roberto Firmino from Liverpool just went over there after Jordan Henderson, a hypocrite, went over to a Saudi team after saying, oh, I, you know, football is for everyone, buddy. You know, why am I doing a weird Irish whatever accent that I was just doing? Um, but And then all of a sudden, you know, decided to take a $700,000 or 700,000 euros a week, you know, fucking salary, basically, and then went over. And then I'm like, yo, buddy, I... Aren't you supposed to be for the people and human rights? And nah, fuck it. He accepted. <laughs> and then for me, you went there. And I just go like, why am I not surprised? You know, it was a month ago when that happened. But then, I don't know. It's so, it popped up on my Instagram like yesterday or something. So anyways, um, you know, sticking with a positivity uh, equals productivity. You know, just staying on the positive note. I saw two movies last week. One, you know, I got on the full on board with the uh, Barbieheimer. Saw the uh, Oppenheimer. And then, uh, you know, Friday during the day, uh, and then uh, Barbie, you know, with Colleen, you know, because she asked, she's like, she doesn't go see movies. And I was like, all right, let's go see the movie. And I was like, I don't know shit about Barbie. So let's go. So we went and saw both of them. Uh, I will say uh, it was it was probably a more enjoyable theater, you know, two feature experience I've had in a long time. You know, I, I really missed the pandemic movie going, you know, because that was the best one. Nobody was there. And then I just said, wow, this, uh, this, is, this is really nice watching a movie in a theater, especially when nobody's there making a fucking noise or something. <laughs> so anyways, if you want to hear more about that, I think I went two years ago, was it? Um, in 2021, I had the summer, bro- the summer movie review. Uh, yeah, 2021, believe it or not. Holy crap. I went by myself uh, to see the Fast 10 and then I, I think I talked about how, how that was the most awesome experience I've ever had. Oh, it was the episode 229 from August 11th, 2021, almost like two years ago, ranking the 2021 summer blockbusters. So go listen to that episode if you want to hear about that and, you know, have a call back to those like best time movies, the pandemic movie times. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a uh, review about the Barbie and the Oppenheimer. So Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan movie, I just... I gotta be, I gotta say, like, you gotta give it to him, uh, Christopher Nolan, for not really falling into the CGI thing that many of the movies are, and trying to keep it, you know, as realistic as possible, small set and all that, uh, while I do notice that the tendencies of, uh, Nolan movies, uh, good and bad, kind of popping up in this thing, and I, I thought this was a good combination of, like, good mixture of the Nolanism, the Nolan style, uh, of, you know, what was it, the non-linear storytelling. There's a lot of black and white and color. And then I think how Nolan explained it was the, the color scenes were basically from the view of the uh, Robert Oppenheimer's view, more subjective. And the black and white, where Robert Downey Jr. showed up as a Levi Strauss, not Levi Strauss, I said, uh, whatever, the Strauss character, Louis Strauss, Levi Strauss is a fucking jeans. <laughs> uh, basically, was a more objective view of like, especially in the aftermath, you know, after the uh, the Trinity, pro- and then the Project Manhattan and all that. 
And I just go, that was a very interesting. And then it, it was a bit of a callback also to say Memento, the movie that you know got him into the thing. And I thought it was very well put together for a three-hour movie, which I kind of groaned a little bit, you know. And then I, then again, people complain that when The Dark Knight Rises from a decade, more than a decade ago, believe it or not, that was two and a half hours. And then you just go, God, I wish there were 30 minutes extra to explain what the fuck happened in the beginning of the movie, with, especially between The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises period. Um, and then also, you know, Avengers Endgame, uh, was like fucking three and a half hours, three hours, and then that I had to go to the bathroom in the halfway through the movie. But this movie was a first three-hour movie that I just like sat there and watched the entire thing from start to finish. I didn't feel like getting up, and I didn't feel like it was so... I didn't feel the three-hour, to be honest. I know some people were like, after the two hours of it, through the bomb testing, the last hour I was about Strauss and then the Oppenheimer and his legacy going through it. You know, I just go like, uh, you know what? I didn't mind it. And then I also don't, you know, look at it as a, as a very simple manner. It was a good guy versus a bad guy kind of thing. Communism versus non-communism. Yeah, yada, 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 all that stuff. It was a lot of, it was a lot of, you know, like the, it's a two subject, two views and then, it's two views, and then it's something you can relate to and think about. It's like, hey, what happened in the 40s, 50s, and 60s? How Oppenheimer saw the world and his prediction and all that stuff. And then I just go, at the end of it, I just go, well, I am the doom, yada, yada, yada. He's getting fucking emo about it. But I also, at the same time, I just go, I, by creating this comic bomb, it has a sense, and then actually using it twice. I just go, you come to this world even today, no one dares to think about it after the initial Cold War, the Cuban Missile Crisis and all that. And I just go, no one really thought about it, you know, two or three times of, of actually using that nuclear weapon, given what has happened. So I think it has deterred, you know, humans from like really losing their shit over and over. And it's just, uh, it's a very interesting look in the humanity and the politics and then the technology. And then I think Nolan also said that I... He thinks that AI and machine learning is going through the similar phase. What bad can happen? And then having an Oppenheimer moment. I don't know if it's that bad, I'll be honest. For AI, I think people are more aware. I think the machine learning and AI, to me, machine learning, if I see this like continuous learning, it just go, I even like ChatGPT or something, I see it reverting quite a bit, learning from dumb things. Because it's a continuous learning. It's not like a bomb where there's an end point where like, Things fucking explode and it ends. AI, there's none of that. It's just a continuous evolve, like evolution of it and continuous learning. Trying to mimic a human mind a little bit, but although it's not even close to it, I'll be honest, before you freak the fuck out. So I think it's a bit of a sensationalism, you know, asking about existential crisis. Because I think the work that Dr. Oppenheimer did in Project, Project Manhattan ended up you know, creating a blueprint as to like, hey, these are the consequences to the weapons that they develop. AI wasn't meant to be a weapon. Um, so I don't see a parallel of it. And also, if you, even like last week, I think Dmitry Medvedev, you know, the, who is the prime minister of Russia, yeah, has a, having an extreme rhetoric about we may have to use a nuclear weapon if Ukraine ever close, gets close to Russia. And I'm like, you know, he's just talking a lot of shit. And then it's just like that kind of rhetoric the, the weapon is there to, you know, spook people out, but, like, actually using the weapon and dealing with the consequences of it, 
I think we had learned a lot over the last half century to realize that like that's not a viable option and that's not a smart war tactic. Even if you blow up a fucking bomb, who's gonna clean the shit up afterwards, and then pay the consequences of it? It's it's a momentary thing, and then it's like a it's a political device more than an actual weapon device actually delivered through it. And then I know there was in Russia sidetrack here. They thought about um, you know. Oh, oh, and when then the whole their insurrection was happening with the, the contractors over there in Russia, they're like, oh, what if they get their hands on the nuclear weapon? And I'm like, yeah, but like, they're not going to fucking use it. If they do, that's the dumbest thing you can ever do in your life because you're going to get destroyed like immediately after if you use it. So I look at this movie more as a cautionary, not a cautionary terrible like of what happened. And it was much easier to follow than, say, Tenet, the whole time warp drama thing, which I enjoy, but I also go like, God damn, I have to go and read about it after and think about it. I thought about going back and watching it, and it hasn't happened. Dunkirk, I'm going to watch it later. That all, that's more of a tr- tragic, proud ending from the United Kingdom perspective. So anyway, uh, and then I saw the Barbie, and I really thought it was a... Uh, Barbie was entertaining at the same time it... it I went in with the expectation, understanding that it's a doll toy movie, uh, and uh, it's just a meta version of it. I never really went in there thinking that it's a fucking feminist like message thing. To be honest, I don't understand people like Ben Shapiro. I think the critical drinker, who I enjoy watching on YouTube, this is the one time I just said I think you're overreacting a little bit when it comes to. I I think critical drinker said that like this is the most like anti men movie he has ever seen, and then I just go. Hold up, hold up. I don't think that was a theme if you watch the movie. Because the movie was more about the, the sheer matter of existence and existentialism. Is that a fucking word? And then also fantasy versus reality. And then the fantasy and reality from a, I guess, a cis female perspective. Because that's what the Barbie dolls are for. If you're going to pick a narrative saying that, oh, Ken's got fucking shafted the whole over and over saying patriarchy, blah, blah, blah. I just go like, when was the last time you gave a fuck about a fucking Ken doll from a guy? You know, Ken doesn't even have a fucking dick to begin with. I'm sorry. Like, it's like complaining about WNBA, comparing it to fucking NBA. And I said this in the whole women's sports thing. I just got, I don't look at it as an apple to apple comparison just because of women ask for the equal pay, which I disagree with. Because it just doesn't make financial sense. And it's like, it's like, I just, I get it. But then I also go, I, I didn't go in there watching the Barbie movie going like, I did anticipate this because I did see the critical drinker for the five, ten minutes, just, you know, the first half of the video just to see what's up. And then it got way to his usual talking points. And I just said, all right, I think I know what's happening. I heard Ben Shapiro gave a fucking 40 minute review on it. And I'm like, I'm not going to waste the time listening to Ben Shapiro bitching about it. So I just go like, whatever. I went in there and then saw it and I just like came out thinking like, all right, there was a one fucking cringy moment where American Ferrara gave the whole spiel about the being a woman, you know, at near the end of the movie where one person in the theater went, whoo, and then I just, and then clapped and I just go, what the fuck? America, I don't under, again, I don't understand people clapping in the movie theater at the end of the movie or something. I was like, Christopher Nolan's not going to come out and say, bow down. Or American Ferrara is not going to come out and be like, yeah. I mean, that was a fucking cringy moment to a point of, like, the Avenger Endgame where I just, like, you know, when they had all the female characters, you know, showcased all together with Captain Marvel in the center. And I just, oh, come. And then I just groaned in the movie theater and I said, oh, come on. <laughs> and then, like, a couple other people laughed. 
<laughs> so this is that same kind of fucking moment. But if I dial it back, it's not like the superhero movie that is for everyone, for every whatever, right? Barbie movie. This thing was intended to be for the women, for the girls, for the gals, or the, all the Barbie Ken fans, you know, who grew up with it and then looking at the flexibility of it with the fantasy versus reality side of it. So I looked at this movie more from that perspective where I didn't have a much problem with it. I mean, this is a giant, the greatest marketing tool that Mattel has ever put out. You know, considering their floundering sales, nobody plays with toys anymore. They're having their toy identity crisis. They got to go, you know, dig deep in the legacy, kind of like Lego, digging into the adulthood and adults of it. And then to a point where this movie and then the licensing just got to a point of like, we ran out of pink as a whole in the fucking world, which is unbelievable. And given that, and then this, also, this movie also was a giant GM commercial, I will say. Like, because, you know, Barbie drove a Corvette. That's her convertible. I get that. But after that, you see all the Chevys, their Suburbans, uh, fucking uh, Blazer EV, which is now coming out of the Mexico plant. And then a bunch of other GM cars in there. And I just go, all right, I get it. This, this movie went over budget, and, but made, it, made up for it with some of the product placement that they did. Which I don't knock at all. And then Ken and Patriarchy, and then Alan. I just go, all the men characters in this movie. I just go, I don't look at it as a... I, I look at it as a, not an anti-men movie. To be honest, I felt more sympathetic and empathetic towards you know, all the Kens, and even Alan, you know, to that extent. I just go, all right, I think this has some weird <laughs> narrative about, hey, how we men are ignored and Kens of the world. Although, you know, and then it's, you know, if you go to the end of the movie, I was like, okay, so they had their own fucking insurrection within the fucking Barbie land as a patriarchy and also just like manipulating men, you know, to get the Barbies, get what they want. And I just go, you know what? It's a fantasy land. And American Pharaoh giving that cringy speech, which I think that Greta Gerwig uh, said in an interview, even the men cried. And I'm like, what? Fucking crying over cringing over this so hard? Are they crying fucking laughing at this speech? I just go, all right, man, whatever, whatever. I get it. I get it. But I just go, was that really necessary? But, you know, for hour and 50 minutes, I I enjoyed it for what it was, knowing that what it was. And I think it also kind of like, it's a lot of nostalgia for older folks who went through all the Barbie dolls. I can also clearly see that there was a shot at the Bratz doll. I don't know if anybody noticed this fucking scene when Barbie came out into the real world and talked to the little girl, American Pharaoh's daughter and stuff like that in the school. And I just go, you look at all the all the girls in the school. It's like, ew, who plays with fucking Barbie dolls? And then four of them look like the Bratz dolls the way they dress. I think their character names are also names after Bratz dolls. And I just go, Bratz dolls have to fucking respond to this fucking movie at some point. Which, I just go, that, that's, a, that's a backhanded positivity. I just think that you're just like giving them a free... You're giving Bratz doll the free fucking airtime, I will say. But I looked at it in that sense. as like, hey, this is, it's a fantasy. Barbie is a fantasy. And then like real world men, like acting whatever, trashy and all that, I just go... Whatever. This movie is for women. Women do women things. Women see the world the way they see it. Women fantasizing the world through the Barbie dolls and the Barbie land and the playhouses, dollhouses and whatnot. It's from their perspective. Like, let them have their fun. I'm not going to look at this movie and be like, oh, like, walking. Oh, patriarchy is evil. You gotta cut the shit. And then I just go like, you know, like you losing over shit like that. Like, I never seen you give so much shit about Ken dolls in my life. 
I don't give a fuck about Ken. And I, don't, I certainly don't give a fuck about Alan. And I'm being positive about this. If you're thinking I'm sounding negative, you know, trying to stay positive. So I'm looking at it that way and then looking at that, you know, the whole fantasy versus reality. And then what it ended up being happening was that the dolls are projecting their world in the Barbie land through American Ferrera, the adult woman's character who grew up with the doll, not the child, which I find that is a very fascinating, another existential crisis of a human and it's like what am i doing with my fucking life and then you just yell at this thing and she gets to vent about it in the barbie land not in the fucking real world to give a speech and i just go these are i thought that whole the whole like allegory the imagery of it doing it in the barbie land and everything was fucking fantastic i just go this is how people play with their doll just imagining their world out however they see it when they're a kid or you know whatever and then you, it's just like happening in the live action and then just the visuals of it, the, all the sets of it. I, I appreciated the effort, I'll be honest. So I look at it that and then I go, they went, they, they went balls off the wall of the budget. I heard it was like $150 million to produce this thing, $50 million over budget. And then another $150 million or so basically doubling the production budget for the marketing budget. And to be honest, they made that money back, more than double the money back at this point. So I just go, hey, you did a good job. And Oppenheimer, in some, some ways, after I saw both Oppenheimer and the Barbie, I really thought both movies kind of ended up, ended on a very questionable note and just going, making you sit, sit and think and like, okay, technology and a bomb and a weapon. And also your fantasy doll that you grew up with versus a reality that you come back to. And then like Barbie becoming a human. And then I just go... One was very lighthearted of asking an existential question. One movie went from a historical perspective and a very dark explosive, literally, of it. And then talk about that. So I find both movies have some weird parallels of like asking about human existence and then your existence. One was very guy-oriented through the physics and then the fucking weapon times. Gunpoint, you know? Versus Barbie, Barbie, which is like all pink and all fantasy, all dolls, and then Ken's and Alan's of the fucking world. But in the end, you just go like, this is not a rah-rah, let's go, let's go, girls. Like, it's not an MCU bullshit that you saw over the last two, three years. I'll be fucking honest. I didn't take Barbie as that way. And then I got to give credit to Margot Robbie and then Greta for, like, doing it. Although I really don't believe that the men cried Hearing that speech, the whole being a female is difficult. That fucking speech, I just go, I kind of cringe a little bit. I was like, I, w- I think I would die laughing. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I would tear up if I were on the set. And Greta looks at me and be like, see, BK over there is crying on the set listening to that speech. He's like, no, I'm crying fucking laughing <laughs> at this fucking nonsense. It seems so out of place. But I know you have to plug it in there for like a literal, this is female fucking movie shit aside from being pink. But I laughed because I found it funny. And then I, just, and then I just also started thinking about critical drinker Ben Shapiro's other world. It's like going, this is the anti-men movie. And I just go like, okay, 10 minutes, 15 minutes into this movie, 30 minutes into this movie. Are you like seething and like fucking boiling? Your head's about to fucking explode. And watch, watch the movie with that kind of emotion in your mind, just being angry watching it. I just go like, some parts, like the ebbs and flows of this movie, I just go like, all right, it kind of like dipped a little in the middle and then near the last half, last part of it. And I just go like, there's a lot of weird like references to the real world being meta and all that. 
And then I just go, being subtle. And then I wink and nod at you that we know this is fucking silly to a point where Helen Mirren goes like, like Margot Robbie being cast as a, you know, the standard Barbie, whatever. It's like, and not being beautiful doesn't make absolute fucking sense. It's like, there's a bit of a Deadpool element on it, like breaking the fourth wall. And just keeping that in mind, then I just go, this is a Deadpool for women. <laughs> and then because of that, I didn't mind it. And I just, at the end of the movie, I just go, fuck, man, that, that movie... That movie kind of hit hard with like coming back to real life. Same for Oppenheimer, coming back to today's times. And because of that, I think these two movies are really great. Highly recommend watching it. I wanted to see, I saw the Oppenheimer in a regular IMAX, uh, not the IMAX 70 millimeter. There are two theaters of Michigan, one in Grand Rapids and one here in Detroit. But Detroit one sold out at the Science Center, so I couldn't go. Grand Rapids, it's like fucking sold out all the way through, like mid-August. And I'm like, unless you're in the nosebleed corner. And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking sit there like that. So anyways, thanks for listening. Go watch those movies. What do you think? What do you think? I think they were great. A-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-